1: Detailed 8 o'clock.
2: It's time for more 92.9 The Game tonight. Let's keep
3: it going now. On
4: Sports Radio
5: nine.
4: The Game. Welcome back in. It's Abe Gordon here live from the Kia Studios on a Wednesday evening. Some interesting discussion about the Atlanta Falcons, the quarterback conversation. We're going to continue uh, in just a moment with Falcons, uh, more Falcons uh, conversation because I want to listen to what Raheem Morris had to say yesterday with Andy and Randy on the midday show and kind of nitpick a little bit and really see if I can break down a couple of comments and maybe maybe put maximum uh, importance on what he's saying. We'll get to that in just a moment. I do want to finish out the conversation with Justin Fields on the phones. Uh, Don and Sam were uh, gracious enough to hold through the break, so I want to make sure we get them in. Let's go ahead and start with Don on line three. What's going on, Don? Hey, how you doing? Doing all right, man. Where where are you on this Fields thing? I'm all in for Justin Fields. You, you like, said you're all like, in what? for him? I'm all in. So like, why I'm are you see, so convinced like, he'll come here and be a difference maker and, and be the quarterback we all uh, deem him worthy of trading for? Because he's a competitor. Like you, If you watch him
6: coming through high school, going to college, he actually went to Georgia to compete against – Jack form, you Jack form. So you know, in general, he was there, knowing that he was there to, to compete. He could have went somewhere else and just started, which he originally eventually did. But even like the player that he came in the NFL as, he's not that same guy. You can see his leadership change. You can
4: see like his maturity change. He's gonna put the work in. All right, I appreciate the call, Don. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I, look, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I, I disagree with just about everything that was said. Um, no, no offense. Like I'm in favor of Justin Fields too. I don't think going to Georgia shows that he's a competitor because he then left Georgia when he didn't win the job. I, I, and in terms of, is he a different player than when he came into the league? Like, honestly, can we say he is? I can't. I don't know. I'm not saying he can't be. But I don't know how dramatically different he is now than when he was three years ago. I think a lot of that has to do with some issues within the Bears organization. That's the premise, right? That he'll be better here. Uh, Let's finish things out with Sam before we get to Raheem Morris. What's going on, Sam?
6: Hey, first and foremost, let's say this. Um, We wouldn't be having this discussion if the Falcons went out of screwed with the poops three years ago. All
4: right, stop that. L- hold, hold on, Sam. Hold. On. I'll let you finish your statement. But wh- why do we keep having to go back to they should have taken him three years ago? If you don't want Kyle Pitts, that's fine. But why do we keep pretending like Matt Ryan wasn't on the team then and circumstances changed after the fact? Like, that's such revisionist history. And it's not just you, Sam. What? I'm not yelling at you. But it- it's such a revisionist history argument to be like, you had your chance. Why now? It was a totally different situation. All of the factors were different. It absolutely,
6: it absolutely was not. Matt Ryan was done. Stevie Wonder could have seen that. And if you, if you don't believe me, go ask the Indianapolis Colts. They pay him $18 million the next year to go
4: away. He that, was, was done. that was a great move, so wasn't told- it? It's living the dream right there, I mean, man. I mean, this it's, it's just the reality of the situation. Matt Ryan
6: was washed up. So if you look at what the Green Bay Packers have done for the last 20, 30 years, they don't have these problems because they have a transition plan. We didn't. We literally rode Matt Ryan until
4: the wheels literally fell off. I partially and, agree with you. Only partially, though, because if, if the Green Bay Packers have taken Jordan Love four overall, that that plan doesn't work the same way. If you take Justin Fields you know what, four man? overall, he's not sitting the bench. But you know what? If, if uh, All that may or may not be true, but what
6: you don't do is take a tight end Higher than any tight end has ever been drafted. Well, I, you don't I, have don't, I don't disagree with you on that. One. Ball. I, That's I, what
4: you don't do. I, I, I'm with you on that one, but those are two separate arguments. That's all I'm saying. I, I disagree. And as far as Justin Fields,
6: <clears throat> I feel as though I feel as though we do have a better setup here. I feel as though the man is obviously a playmaker. If you didn't believe it, you, you saw what he did to, to the Falcons team just last year. You saw what he did. He lit them up, 313 yards, uh, a couple of touchdowns if I'm not mistaken, I think Kyle Pitts had two catches for five yards or some garbage like that. But, I mean, the point of the matter is, this is a quarterback-driven league. And and you are not going to win in this un- – unless you're the 2000 Ravens, unless you're bringing Ray Lewis and those guys back in their prime. you're not going to win without a quarterback. So the Desmond Ritter, the Tyler Hanekees, even the old washed-up Matt Ryans, you're not going anywhere with those guys. Get Phils in here. You should have got him in here three years ago.
4: Yeah, I appreciate the call, Sam. It, 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 it's just such – it's such a lazy argument to say you had the opportunity three years ago. And you did. And that's fine. You did have the opportunity. But, but to pretend the situation is the same as it is now is where it becomes lazy. To pretend you're having the same discussion now as you had then, is just not accurate. It's not accurate. You can, you can revision his, history it all you want and say Matt Ryan was done, and, but you didn't know he was going to be gone the year after. Well, we know what the factors were there. And so I just don't believe that you should have brought him in three years ago, make up for that now, or or don't do it now if you didn't like him then. Like it, the situations are different, that's all. All right, Raheem Morris joined Andy and Randy yesterday. I want you guys to take a very close listen, and I'm not just replaying it to replay it. I want you guys to actually listen to what he says. If you find something that you want to nitpick, that you want to take the magnifying glass to, give us a call because I have three specific things that I found while listening that we're going to deep dive into it. And so please listen to this. We'll take some reactions after it is Raheem Morris with Andy and Randy.
3: As you've been evaluating your roster so far, what are you away from being a playoff contending team?
7: You know, it's so exciting to be able to come back to Atlanta to have some familiar faces that you already knew. Um, Some of the guys that were kind of built when we were here before, and we're able to do some of those things like the Chris Lentzons, the, K- the Caleb McGarry, some of the guys you see playing well, Grady Jarrett, the A.J. Terrell, and things of that nature. But some of the acquisition that Terry and some of the new staff members and some of our scouts have brought in and some of the old coaches that they brought in with the Kyle Pitts and the Dijon Robinsons of the world and even his Drake Lunges and some of the different people like that that you've seen these guys come in and really be really productive players and really do a nice job of going out there and formulate what you want to get going. And then obviously, man, the elephant in the room is, you know, having to add that quarterback that can make a difference, right, that quarterback that you win because of and not despite of, or that quarterback that can actually go out there and win you the game and change the game for you or change how you do yourself from a whole entire organization, uh, not just from a game-to-game standpoint, but from a whole perspective. And I think um, they've done such a good job of uh, putting that all together um, that we are very close and we feel very confident that we're going to be able to build a winner here um, and be able to sustain that thing for a long time.
8: What have the last three weeks been like? I know we had the introductory press conference three Mondays ago, getting the staff together, traveling, talking, meeting, all of this kind of stuff. What, Just timeline-wise, like what's been going on in your world as the head coach of the Falcons over the last three weeks?
7: You know, I, I kind of used to the guys today all, all throughout the day that it's just a competitive urgency going on right now, right? There's a, the, the the element of getting together and discussing people that you want to bring in with the – Falcon ethos and how you want to bring those people in, and then there's the whole communication factor between my coaching staff, our scouting departments, um, the general manager, myself, all the all the heads of the departments, and making sure that we're all on the same page in order to get us going in the right direction and how quickly we can get there. The next part about all that stuff is just combining all that and getting people together to talk about the things that you have, the things that you want, the things that you need, and then moving forward, and then obviously bringing us to this college standpoint. Whereas another way to acquire people and acquire, and, and acquire guys to your team of how do we implement all of our things that we want to get done in a short amount of time and having just this competitive urgency instead of this frantic urgency to feel that you got to do it today as right. opposed to building this thing so it can survive and be long-term winning.
3: When, when you we, we, we were talking to Terry earlier, and I asked him a question because, you know, you're a part of that this evaluation, you're a part of putting this team together, and, you know, the salary cap goes up, Reem, I mean, and now all of a sudden you got more money than you probably thought you were going to have going into free agency, and now there's, a, there's these certain guys, we call them uh, war daddies, these defensive ends, you know, I don't want to call them anything, I want to get you in trouble, I saw people already trying to get you. But these war daddies at these positions, do you think that with this extra loot you got, does that give you an opportunity to maybe maybe think about them now that you know that you have this extra money? You know, we, we've we
7: been in the process of thinking about that before we knew we had it right. because of the projections of the NFL, right? The projections of the NFL has done nothing but go up, you know, because of episodes and shows like we're doing right now and all of the, the popularity of the sport. Um, you can project that things are going in the right direction and you may have a little bit more than expected. But you got to always prepare for, like you mentioned, those war daddies. you always got to prepare for those guys you want to acquire to your team that may cost a little bit more, um, that, that's been on different teams, that's proven in commodities, and now you can go invest and those people and try to get those people to leave some of their respective buildings. Now, with all that being said, it always goes back to the people. you got to be able to bring people into your building that you feel comfortable being around the people in your building. And that's a big part of what we're doing in this process right now also, you know, learning those people, talking to people that have been around those people, having a chance to bring those guys into your building without naming names and who they are and what they look like and, and being able to talk to that process with everybody. And I think that's a part of it for us.
8: Falcons head coach Raheem Morris joining us here on the midday show with Andy and Randy. One of, one of, kind of what you were just talking about there, one of the big words that was talked about in the introductory press conference and since has been collaboration, collaborating between you and Terry Fontenot and the coaching staff and all of that. Collaboration doesn't always mean agreeing on everything, though, right? Like, obviously, there's going to be disagreements on a player or a vision or something. When there are those moments of disagreement between you and Terry or coaches or whatever, what does that look like?
7: You know, for me, it's about having a high level of communication and with that high level of communication it has to be direct it has to be honest and more importantly it has to be ongoing right and and i think if you keep those things in your communication background and you're able to talk things out that allows me to have empathy for anything that anybody's saying whoever i'm asking right i could put myself in terry's shoes I i put myself in cal smith's shoes I i put myself in Orion ryan Pace shoes and see his vision or feel his vision and i have the ability there to disagree or agree Um, with the people and at that point that's when we implement and use more people to involve to help us narrow down to us getting on the same page to what we need to do so like I don't think it's an end all be all with me I don't think it's an end all be all with Terry I think we want to use the smart intelligent people that we have in place and be able to use those guys to formulate and help us get to the decision that we all will be comfortable with at the end of the day.
3: Rod, you're going to be, you and Terry and your staff, you're going to be um, you know, interviewing hundreds of these kids up there, getting to know them and everything like that. What is the one thing that you want to take away from one of these young men as you sit there and say, this kid might be a Falcon? You know, I
7: love when, when guys get in those rooms and they have the ability to get uncomfortable in those rooms and you're sitting there with the light on you with a bunch of people sitting around you don't know. I love to see when those guys' personality and they get really comfortable in those spaces, right? Because we're in uncomfortable environments all the time playing this game. You're in uncomfortable environments t- all the time doing what we do. So those guys that thrive and they shine in those uncomfortable environments are the guys that we love to be able to bring a part of us. We're those guys that we love. and want to make them a part of what we do. And when you find those guys, they, they, they stand out and they stand out in a good way. And it's about adding those kind of guys to what we want to do here.
8: How do you, how do you blow one of those interviews? Like, if you're (laughs) really, like, honestly, (laughs) like what, what can someone do in one of those interviews? And and you walk out of it like, well, that guy doesn't have the Falcons ethos. We're not interested in him. Like what, what, what's the worst thing someone could do in that situation?
7: Andy it's really simple. Like it's an honesty driven business. And if you can't trust people that you're around Um, you're going to have real issues, you know, and that's just in life in general. But, like, bringing a guy in without that honest feel or or that honest honest thought process for me um, is one of those deal breakers. You know, um, you want that guy to be absolutely honest um, There are a lot of things that we know because of our research that's happened in people's mm-hmm. past. And then you want to see people be accountable, people be honest and go through that process with you. So in order for you to make those decisions, if you want to bring them apart of it or not.
3: So you trading up, trading back, what are you going to do? Terry told us. Terry already told us. He told us the too. process. Yeah. If you're trading so up or know. trading back or standing at eight. So, I mean, obviously we can get something out of you. You know, here it is, right? You cannot um,
7: say uh, in an open book context that, that, we're not collaborators because we're going to tell you the same thing. We may go up. We may, up, we may sit tight. Yeah, right? But well all done. options are on the table. And I believe uh, Barry and I have done a great job of um, making that really clear um, yeah. to everybody that's involved within our building and our
3: <laughs> you guys collaborated yeah, I mean, the hell crazy, out of that it, answer. Hell, I mean, it sounded exactly the same. <laughs>
8: <laughs> I had one. I got one more. I got one because sort of going back to to '09 in Tampa uh, when you were the head coach there, and it was a rookie quarterback that season. Obviously, you've been a part of staffs that have had veteran quarterbacks uh, over the last handful of years. Certainly here in Atlanta, how is your job different as head coach if there's a rookie starting quarterback week one this coming season, or if there's a veteran starting quarterback week one this coming season?
7: You know, that's a huge difference. You know. Like When you get a rookie quarterback, you're learning that guy and you're trying to teach him uh, what his uh, roles and responsibilities are along with getting him comfortable and finding his rhythm and routine right? and being able to put people around him that can help him do that. And you have some people that would be a little bit more uh, caught up, a little faster to know kind of what they want to do and how they want to do it. You can help them. Um, but you know it's a big difference between a rookie and a veteran. Uh, acquiring a veteran, obviously, you'll have a guy that's coming in with some rhythm and some roles and um, kind of knows his routine, and then that's about being supportive. And then how do you support that person at the highest level, and how do you get those things done within the framework of how we want to work our Falcon organization? So I think all those things being coming into play – is how you got to think about the process, you know. What's the support system behind your younger player? Hey, what's the support system behind a player that's going to come in that's got a rhythm and routine? Um, who does he like to talk to? Um, who are the people that make him comfortable when, it, when, it, when the game is on the line? Um, how all those things work, right? We've been fortunate to be around a Matt Ryan here. Mm-hmm. And what was really important about having a guy like Matt Ryan playing at a high level was his backup, right, whether it was Matt Schaub or whether it was T.J. Yates and those people that were putting those positions of support. Like, those things are key and critical um, and, and and just as much for a rookie as it is for a veteran, and I and I think you got to surround guys with the people that need to be around in order to have the ultimate success. Um, that's just how I you know that's I can go on all I can go on for days about this. But would you that would is you a really critical point?
8: Would you prefer one over the other?
7: You know, um, obviously. You can never say what you prefer, right? Mm-hmm. you got to put yourself and go through these stages of, hey, here's your scenario A, here's your scenario B, here's your scenario C, here's scenario D. But you got to have all these scenarios for your succession plan. And, and, and that's what we got in place right now and how we're going to move forward, right? And then at the end of this thing, when we make our decision, you'll probably come back and ask me, was it A, B, D,
4: or C? <laughs> I will. I am. And I'm going to ask you that. <laughs> and when you make that decision, it's always going to be A. All right. What did you hear? Nitpick it with a magnifying glass. Let's run the microscope over it. What did you pull out from those comments? Because I got three specific things that we're going to talk about on the other side of the break here. If you have some, you can give us a call as well. 404-726-0929. It's 92.9 The Game tonight, live from the Kia Studios. Abe Gordon here with Garrett Chapman as well on Sports Radio. 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app.
1: subject to credit approval no minimum purchase required minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details
2: old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex Oh, <laughs> heaven wait is it getting warm in here
3: your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived
2: spring Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
0: For data management practices.
2: Pace yourselves, it's going to be a crazy night. This is 92.9 The Game Tonight.
1: On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
2: Welcome back
4: in, 92.9 The Game. Tonight, Abe Gordon here taking you to 10 o'clock. And I hope you listened last segment to Raheem Morris and what he had to say when he joined Andy and Randy. I got three specific comments I want to dive into. Take under a microscope, nitpick, and pull apart. And let's start with the first one. It is not a surprise on what he said. Uh, but it it pretty much told me one thing. Uh, There's just no shot Desmond Ritter is QB1 next year.
7: Having to add that quarterback that can make a difference, right? That quarterback that you win because of and not despite of or that quarterback that can actually go out there and win you the game and change the game for you or change how you do yourself from a whole entire organization, uh, not just from a game-to-game standpoint, but from a whole perspective. It's,
4: It's quite simple, guys there was not a single win of the seven that was won because of Desmond Ritter in spite of yes very clearly they are taking a different approach there this other one is even more exciting to me because it tells me that we could be doing something in free agency that we haven't done a lot of recently
7: you gotta always prepare for like you mentioned those war daddies you always got to prepare for those guys you want to acquire to your team that may cost a little bit more may cost a little um, that, that's that been on different teams, that's proven in commodities.
4: Now I got a segment coming in just under an hour at 920 about a couple of middle-tier type of free agent names I would be interested in. But that comment right there from Raheem Morris is probably the one that got me most excited. And I know we're talking about the quarterback position and what are they going to do there. Raheem is making me a believer that this team is going to do something we haven't done in a long time. And that is go out and get the free agent that other teams also want to bring in. I don't know if it's Chris Jones or Hunter. Trade for LeJarrius Sneed and pay him. I don't know who that big-name guy is. But for the first time in a number of years, I actually feel like they're going to go and get a big-name dude. No offense to Caden Ellis and David Onyemata. Jesse Bates was great. I think they're going to go get a legitimate difference maker, and so I'm excited to hear that. And then he also spoke, Raheem Morris, yesterday with Andy and Randy about his preference at quarterback, a new guy or a guy that's been in the league.
7: When you get a rookie quarterback, you're learning that guy. You're learning and you're trying to teach him uh, what his uh, roles and responsibilities are along with getting them comfortable and finding his rhythm and routine, right, and being able to put people around him that can help him do that. And you have some people that would be a little bit more uh, caught up, a little faster to know kind of what they want to do and how they want to do it. You can help them. Um, but, you know, it's a big difference between a rookie and a veteran. Uh, acquiring a veteran, obviously, you'll have a guy that's coming in
4: with some rhythm and some roles and um, kind of knows his routine. Very interesting from Raheem Morris. Ultimately, I do not think he tipped his hat. Uh, I don't think he ultimately revealed his preference, but I think it's safe to say that he understands the difference about the potential of coaching a rookie and the potential of coaching a veteran. Now, it may not be his choice. You, You have to figure out what is the best option for the team right now and the team moving forward, but I do find those comments very interesting. What did you hear from Raheem Morris that maybe you want to pick apart a little bit? Let's start on the phones. Corey, is in Fairburn. What's going on, Corey? Well, uh, what, what I heard was he wants
6: to build a program, a long-term, sustainable, viable program. You know, along the lines of uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and and, uh, and and the Ravens and all these guys. You know, I heard him talking about um, you know the backup quarterback, cor- the rookie quarterback versus veteran quarterback and backup quarterback, even even the free agency guys, always being in a position to 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 succeed year after year, decade after decade. The Falcons, I mean, they they've been, you know, whoever the hottest coordinator is. We've been stuck on a one trick pony deal for forever, basically. I mean, Arthur Smith might have been a great coach if he was able to bring Derrick Henry in his prime, but that didn't happen. So what I what I hear from Raheem Morris is building a long term sustainable winning program by trying to get the right people in the right place and constantly being in a position to make the moves that need to be made when they need to be made instead of like this Justin thing always being, you know, a day late and a dollar short begging for a quarterback. So that's that's kind of what I I hear. I hear him trying to build a sustainable winning
4: program, which is something this city has never had. Thank you, Corey, for the comments. And if I want to react to what Corey was saying, it would be this. If you're building a sustainable winning program, Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson probably aren't your answers. Because you're talking about short-term windows versus sustainability, if that's the key word we want to use there. I think that would qualify with a Baker Mayfield or a Justin Fields. Obviously, they would have to be good. Or certainly a rookie quarterback if it works out. But I think that would take those end-of-career veterans off of the table. So, interesting that that's what Corey came to. Jay is in Atlanta. What's going on, Jay? What did you hear?
6: Hi. good, uh, Good evening, guys
4: evening, man. Um, what, what, I hear, what I hear from Raheem um, is
3: I heard a key thing yesterday. He said he wanted to find a quarterback that was good for our city. And being that I'm hearing a lot of rumors about Justin Field building connects with Kyle Pitts and the other guys we already have on offense, I just think that, that would be perfect for our offense. And then two, uh, what do you think about the chances of us getting Sneed from the um, uh,
6: Chiefs? I see a lot of rumbles of that.
4: Yeah, it's interesting. And Thanks for the call. I, I mean, look, He said they're going to go get some war daddies, right? That was the second thing that I pinpointed. Here's the quote from him. We don't need to replay it. Here's the quote. You got to always prepare for those war daddies, those guys you want to acquire to your team that may cost a little bit more that are proven commodities. Look, I, I don't know if Kansas City's real about this trade thing or what it would cost, but, yeah, I'm interested. Now, I don't know if that means you would eventually part with A.J. Terrell, or if you would pair them up long-term, I don't know. As a DB coach, I would like to think Raheem Morris is interested in pairing them up. I know he's head coach, but you know what I mean, a former, you know, a strength of his whatever. Uh, I would be interested in it. Now, I still think, uh, right, because this is where it comes into play. It's free agency comes before the draft. you got the eighth overall pick. If you're going, and you already know you're going, Pass rush there. Can you get that board daddy, as you want to call it? Is that in the cornerback position? Cornerback. CB, not QB. Make sure we all get clear on that. Uh, That's one of the points, though. That that is one of the things I nitpick out of Raheem Morris' comments. He talked about war daddies, legitimate dudes. Sounds like for the first time in a while, I believe they may actually bring one of those guys in. And that's no disrespect to Jesse Bates, by the way. He's probably one of those guys. But ultimately, how much can that safety impact the game? Probably about as much as Jesse Bates did a year ago. He was outstanding, but you're still sitting here talking about a 7-10 and 10 team. You get a little bit better from the cornerback or pass rush, one of those, quote, war daddies, then I feel real good. And I think he's going to get that done. Final call here on this. we got the PM Power Rankings coming up. Marcus is out in East Cobb. Marcus, what did you hear from Raheem? Yeah, uh, thanks for taking my
9: call. Um, I, I honestly think Raheem, uh, Coach Morris, he's actually open to almost anything. But he I, I feel like he knows what he wants, and I honestly feel like it's Justin Fields. And I wasn't on the Justin Fields train until recent when I took a step back and I thought about it. Our run game is one of the best in the league, Um if you give him a run game and you give him a good offensive line, and I know that's a big discussion amongst, uh, you know, the Justin field haters and lovers, but I think that it's a good fit for him here. I wanted to hit the draft, uh, possibly move up, get some of those, uh, those dogs out of college. But when you have somebody that's played the game, uh, you know, been in the league for as long as he has, yes, he's, yes, he's been, you know, low percentile and amongst the quarterbacks. But if you look closer, I think it's a lot of what we have that he didn't have in Chicago, like a offensive line, uh, a solid run game. You got Bijan, you got, uh, uh, what's my other man, Uh, Algier. And I think that play action would go crazy for us. Um, And when you talk to, when I, when I look at, what the fans in Chicago want. They want him to stay. I mean, I, I, I look around. I try to find uh, – I try my best to find, uh, like, somebody that doesn't want him there. So, I mean, and they have the number one draft pick, and they can get a generational player right now. So, I think he's he's honing in on Justin Fields. And and now I'm I'm on that train, because I wasn't on the, the, the Coach Morris train at first. But as I heard him talk, it made more sense. And now that I look at it, Justin Fields to Atlanta may be the best option for cost, salary, cap, uh, get some more big dogs that you talked about, Snead, and uh, possibly get a, another you know, defensive piece. So that's my take.
4: Yeah, I appreciate the call, Marcus. And look, the whole thing in regards to Fields is just the numbers that he's put up in Chicago. Is that the reality of what he can be? I've sat here and said, I think he can be better. I don't know how much better, but I think he can be better. Can he get an offensive line that he's not running for his life every time? Does that help him go through reads, go through progressions, be more accurate? If he can stand back there with trust, maybe. Can he get better coaching here than he did in Chicago? Absolutely. I absolutely believe that. But does that make a big enough difference in his play? I don't know. But like I said earlier today, I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm willing to take that risk, even if you have to go ahead and sign up for that second year. You got space in the cap, so go do it. All right, coming up next as we wrap our second hour, it is the PM Power Rankings. My list, my topics given to me last show by Orrin Romaine. One sports topic, one not sports topic coming your way on the other side. It is Abe Gordon here live on 92.9 The Game tonight from the Kia Studios on Sports Radio. 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey
2: app. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at t slash network today.
8: Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.
3: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, you are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
5: Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service.
1: Is 92.9 The Game Tonight. top and late night radio. Talking all things Atlanta sports with you.
2: On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
4: Welcome back into the Kia Studios here on a Wednesday evening. Abe Gordon here taking you for another hour and change all the way to 10 o'clock before we hand things off to Damian Day Day-Lewis tonight. Prep Sports Nation at 10 o'clock. Look, a lot of great comments on Twitter slash X today at Abe Gordon if you want to get involved. A lot of stuff on Justin Fields, and it's been quite revealing to be honest because I did come into today, especially after listening to my guys, Carl Dukes and Mike Bell saying, man, is anyone in the middle on this thing besides me, or is it just two extremes? And Garrett Chapman, who's with me here today. Is anyone understanding of the risk, willing to take the risk, but also – you know, hopes are are mid-tier and, and understanding of this because it, it seemed that for, for so long the Justin Fields discussion came down to bring him here. I'm convinced he'll be different than he was in Chicago. I'm convinced he's going to light it up. A- and the other side was, I don't want any part of him. I'm convinced he'll be no different. I'm in the middle, guys. I really am in the middle. There there are so many good reasons that he'll be better in Atlanta than he was in Chicago. But I also don't think that means he's immediately a top-10 quarterback. There's middle ground. I think it's worth the risk. Ultimately, that's where I stand. I think it's worth the risk. I don't think he's the only one that's worth the risk. I don't think he's the only one. And so we'll see, ultimately... How that ends up. But it is 840 here on 92.9 The Game tonight. I've got my list ready. The topics Oren gave me a couple of days ago. So let's go ahead and get to it.
2: It's time for the PM Power Rankings on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
4: All right. The PM Power Rankings is going to go out on Twitter in just a moment. At Abe Gordon again if you want to comment or share some thoughts on my list There, the two topics given to me, one sports topic and a non-sports topic. Oren gave it to me Monday night. Garrett is going to give me new topics tonight for the next edition of the P.M. Power Rankings. I also want Garrett to, you know, break down, share some thoughts on the rankings I do have today. So, we'll start here. I want to start with the non-sports topic. We'll get to the sports topic in a moment. The sports topic is best fighters from any discipline. I'll explain how I came to my list in that one in a moment. But the non-sports topic, top five Mike, Michaels, or Miguel's. Wanted to clarify, just make sure Miguel was alive and active. But uh, unfortunately, not a single Miguel made my list. But the top five Mike or Michaels, according to me, number one. And they had to be real, by the way, which was unfortunate. Because I could have gone a totally different direction with this list. Could have gone a totally different direction. But top five Mike or Michaels, number one, excuse me, number five. We're going backwards, forwards. Number five is Mike Myers. I, I, just a massive part of my childhood, comedian, between SNL and Austin Powers, Wayne's World, Mike Myers is my number five Mike or Michaels. Number four, and look, it's, this is my list. If you wanted to have him higher, totally understandable, Michael Jackson. He was always going to be on the list. You might think he's too low. That's fine. He's higher than any other musician on this list.
10: That's the king of pop, man. Okay,
4: cool, man. Awesome. That's the king of pop. Great. Great. Come on, cool. man. Number four. Too low. Number three, Iron Mike Tyson it's my list Garrett it's my list and the thing about Tyson and when he was right he was the scariest individual in the country when he was right and I know things went awry. the back half of his career, really after the Buster Douglas fight, things went awry. Really, it went awry before that, but he still won a couple fights. But when Mike Tyson was a prospect coming up, it was just scary to watch his fights, and I really enjoy that very much. Number two, probably the most controversial name on this list. And I wasn't even sure if it qualified, but I threw it on there anyways. Number two, Michelangelo. I mean, the Sistine Chapel... Namesake of a Mutant Ninja Turtle, Michelangelo, my number two ranked Mike or Michael. And that leaves us with, of course, number one. Probably only could have gone one way for me. I I know you could have done it a little differently, but for me, number one Mike or Michael certainly is Michael Jordan. I don't know how much more needs to be said about Michael Jordan at number one. Again, your list could have been way different. I would have loved to do a, a, an Atlanta sports-only version. Miguel Almarone, Michael Harris, Michael Vick. You know, it, I would have figured two, two others out. Uh, and that was just off the top of my head. So, there you go. That's the non-sports topic of the top five Mike and Michaels. And Now we get to my sports topic. And, some days I think the non-sports topic is more interesting. Some days I think the sports topic is more interesting. I think the sports topic is very interesting today. Uh, again, it is the PM Power Rank because my list has just gone live on Twitter if you want to get a sneak peek of what I'm about to present here for you on 92.9 The Game tonight. Or it gave me the topic of best fighters from any discipline. Who are the best fighters no matter the discipline, and I kind of went a slightly different route. What are you already laughing at, Garrett? I haven't even started the list yet. What? I went a slightly different route here. I I took five different disciplines and wrote up my best fighter because I I think it's wild to try and compare the variety of disciplines. I wanted to kind of just compare everyone in each discipline. And so here's my top five fighters, any discipline. Number five. Out of the street fight bracket. Kimbo Slice. And look, he was obviously probably the most famous. He went to professional fighting, did have some success, not, not the greatest career. Uh, but I think he brought street fighting on the map in, in, in a way. And he was, I mean, he was like Tyson. He was scary. He could take a punch and he'd dole him out. You'd see him just walk out from behind a wooden fence, take off his shirt, it was like, all right, three, two, one, let's fight. Kimbo Slice was a legend. He's number five. Number four. And and look, you you can have whatever guy you want. I went with boxing. Number four. And I think, and I look, I'm not going just by pure record, guys. I, I'm thinking, because all of these fights, all of, guys can only stay at a certain level in their prime for a certain number of fights, certain number of years. I'm not sure anyone was better when they were at their best than Muhammad Ali. And so number four on my best fighters of any discipline is Muhammad Ali. Number three, from the realm of mixed martial arts. I'm going John Jones, guys. I think the athleticism, the creativity, he's a perfect body type for the weight class he was in. I'm not so sure how great he'll be long-term as a heavyweight. Also, he's probably a little bit older, a little bit past his prime. There's certainly some ring rust there. I'm not sure when he was at his best anyone was ever better than John Jones. I think different fighters fought differently, right? You know, Khabib's undefeated. But John Jones cleared out weight classes. And I just think when he was at his best, freak athlete, risky, creative, strong, agile, quick. I'll take John Jones. Number two on my best fighters from any discipline list. Alexander Karelin. And those of you who are old enough, Garrett, thumbs up, thumbs down. Are you old enough to remember Alexander Karelin here in Atlanta? He was the Russian wrestler who lost to Rulon Gardner on a technical rule change. And it, it was pretty much, I mean, it certainly it was an event that defined the life of Rulon Gardner, changed his life. But, Alexander Karelin's nickname is The Experiment for a reason. This guy used to toss dudes. I mean, just toss them all around. Absolutely dominant. He had an incredibly long winning streak. And so he's number two. I, I know ultimately we know him as the guy that lost to Rulon Gardner, and that's fine. He's number two. And then number one on my list. And this is a guy most people may not be overly familiar with. Um, I think he's the best fighter active right now. He's the best of all time in his discipline. We're going to no-gi jujitsu. No-gi jujitsu. And I think he's 28 right now. Might be 29 by now. I don't know. Um... It's hard to say a guy was the best to ever do it by the time he's 25, 26. But Gordon Ryan is the best no-gi jitsu practitioner of all time. And I say that with all due respects to those who came before him, to those who popularized that martial art. If you don't know who Gordon Ryan is, you want to know how great Gordon Ryan is? He will give the broadcast team a treasure chest before the fight with an envelope in it. The envelope tells you how he's going to finish the fight, which specific submission he will use. He then wins the fight. They then open the envelope, and it is exactly how he won that fight. Armbar. Triangle submission, leg lock. He does whatever he wants to to the greatest competitors active. There's no one else in the world who does that. And so Gordon Ryan is my number one fighter from any discipline. Now, Garrett, I could have gone a bunch of different directions with that. I could have tried to rank just fighters, maybe who I'd least like to face. Stuff like that. I wanted to give a variety of disciplines their due respect. I went with my top of all time in those disciplines. Um, So it's a little bit different. You could have gone, you know, a couple of different ways, but that's what I want with. I I know a lot of people are going to probably not give Gordon Ryan his due. You know, I don't know who
10: Gordon Ryan is. I know float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. Yeah. I know that one for sure. Yeah, Um, he's up there, man. I mean, he's absolutely up there. I think he's too low for me, but that's fine.
4: Yeah, I was trying to, you know. I don't know. You put Ali above John Jones, like I guess. I mean, that that one's a tough one. All right, Garrett, I need two topics for the next edition of the PM Power Rankings. I need a sports topic and a non-sports sure. topic. Also, no Bruce Lee. No Bruce Lee. No Chuck Norris. Well, Chuck Norris is a multi-time world karate
10: champion. Bruce I, Lee I, I, is 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 I, probably one of the greatest. But He's it's a, a very,
4: one. it's a very very difficult argument between what of Bruce Lee's fighting ability was real and what is Hollywood. There's a lot of debates out there. I've read a lot of books. There's some real discussion over how good he really was. That's fair. And exhibition martial arts, showing you speed and quickness, showing you stuff is differently than actually fighting. His actual fighting background's a little bit limited in terms of the public knowledge, and so it's tough to put him up there. Yeah,
10: it is hard. I don't and, know.
4: and for for Chuck Norris, like point karate is different than real fighting.
10: So yeah, I know, but but also a, a Michael that doesn't qualify on your list. I just want to.
2: I declare. Yeah. So. Bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah, I just I said, had, to it. It had to be real. I had Michaels. to do
10: it. I had to do it. All right. So they for had to next be week, real Michaels. For next week, I know we got to get to a break here, but uh, so for your uh, for your sports top five, I guess your PM rankings. Top five Atlanta sports moments. Top five moments in Atlanta sports history. Then uh, top five board games. Top five board games to play. Uh, they say it's a, a rainy Saturday afternoon and now, how not much creative, else to do. And, i,
4: I got to get some, some qualifiers in here. I mean, you guys like to get tricky with them. How, how creative are we going in terms of board games? Like, is Twister a board game? Okay. If you ask,
10: okay then. But <laughs> well, there the might board be board others board that did? come, you know. Okay, no, that's is fair. Connect for a board game. Yeah, it's Battleship, a board game. That's a, yeah, a board game,
4: is it? Yes, it's not a technical board. You got a board, a l- electronic. You absolutely thing with have pegs. a little board. Yeah,
10: there's it's a board. Strange. All right, I'll figure it out. It's it's it, don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Oh, it, oh, it. It's, I will. it's it's a that's Saturday s- afternoon. and have you met me? Don't overthink
4: it. I just named five different disciplines. And my greatest fighter, I'm going to overthink it. You can bank on that. But <laughs> top five Atlanta sports moments and uh, five best board games. That's the next edition of the PM Power Rankings. All right, when we come back here on 92.9 The Game tonight, we got one hour left, we're heading outside the perimeter in just a couple of minutes. It is Abe Gordon live from the Kia studios on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app.